0: Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Ishayahu Perek Lamedalad, Isaiah Chapter 34. Today we'll discuss Chapter 34. I'm going to talk a little bit about the content and then give it a little bit of context. The chapter is about Edom and the demise of the Kingdom of Edom. And the chapter starts off. It seems like about all the nations. If you, if we begin in pasuk aleph, we say, "Kervu lishma ul All the nations, listen up. Tishma tevel v'chol tzei Right. It sounds like Hashem, La Hashem tevel the va. The same thing. Tishma haretzim loa. Let the earth and everybody hear it. God has anger against the nations. And he's furious at them. He has consigned them to slaughter. And he talks about their slain will be left dying. Their corpses will mount. Their hills will be drenched with blood. And not only that, but there's almost like this sense of a... um, a total global acopoli- uh, uh, apocalypse because he now says all the heavens shall dissolve vinigoluk sefer hashamayim the heavens will be rolled up like a, stroll, a scroll gefen mitema and all their hosts will wither like the the withering leaf on the vine or the shriveled fig on the fig tree and because my sword shall be in the sky, my ha- my sword will come down on Edom and the people who I have judged, they are am I am going to destroy them. And what we discover is that God is not angry with all the nations, but it's particularly uh, Edom. The sword of God will be filled with blood. And of course, there's a connection here between Edom and Dum. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of it. it will be, be a very bloody Peric, a very bloody chapter, because uh, this sort of alliteration of Edom and Dum. What's going to happen to their land? Their land's going to be destroyed. Everything's going to be, you know, ruined. And one of the fascinating things is the nature. It's going to become, you know, when... When there's no human trace, what what ends up happening in that place? It uh, nature lives there. It becomes a nature reserve, right? And and that's exactly how they're how they talk about it. That it's going to lie in ruins. It's going to be ruined forever. Who will be there? The jackdaws and the owls shall possess it. The great owls and ravens will live there. God will. Um, make it into tohu Vavne vohu, right? And uh, it, it, it's just amazing, The it'll be a place for jackals, v'hay a place for ostriches, wildcats will meet hyenas, tsim um, metiyim, lovely alliterations here, and even lilit matsala manuach, lilit, which is a sort of demon maybe, Uh, will live there, in other words, it will be a place which will be a wasteland, there the snake shall nest and lay its eggs, and they'll brood and hatch in its shades, that will be the place, there won't be any people there, but there will be the buzzards, and we've got these very rich descriptions of birds and animals, most of them pretty dangerous and scary non-kosher birds, Um, and they really want to say that these people will be replaced by this sort of, as I say, nature reserve. Um, By the way, that it's going to be an absolute contrast to chapter 35, where we're going to describe exactly the opposite in Jerusalem, how Jerusalem might have become, you know, destroyed in a bit of a wasteland, but now it's going to be revived, and that's going to be chapter 35. So, this is the, uh, the chapter, this is the content, but I want to talk a little bit about the context. Why have we got a prophecy of destruction, in particular at this point in, in time, about Edom? What is uh, so special about Edom? And what I'd like to say is, first of all, we have a long history with Edom. A rival with, with Edom, which begins with Esav and Yaakov. The terrible rivalry and the fear and the fright between Yaakov and Esav, Esav who Edom, um, and we, if we take it to this particular period, one of the places that we hear about this is in the opening al of the book of Amos, where there he says, amara edom, lo "Edom has three sins, but for the fourth I will not forgive." because they pursued their brother by the sword and they exhibited no mercy Esav is our brother and the Edomites exhibited no mercy because they kept hatred of B'nai Israel forever now interestingly enough in the Torah, for example, in Sefer Dvarim, when Israel is traveling through the wilderness, we ask for passage from Edom, and they refuse us. And the Torah tells us, God instructs us, don't fight Edom. Right? Atem ovrim achechem bene esav. esav is your brother. Right? And he says, Be very careful. Al bam, don't provoke war. because esav, et esav is our brother. Esav has rights to their land. And therefore, and even later we say, Lotta Ta'ev Edomiki Achichahud, never despise the Edomite because Edom is your brother. So we definitely have this idea that um, we are meant to treat the Edomites. Edom, by the way, lives in the Arava, the desert, Petra, the, the lands uh, south of the Dead Sea, all the way going down to Elat. Those are the lands of Edom. However, it seems like in the immediate period that we're talking about, there was quite a lot of violence between Israel and Edom. And what I'm referring to is a situation in which, um, first of all, with the fall of um, King Achav and King Jehoshaphat, we read in Malachim Bet, Yad In those days, Edom, who had been under the control of Yehuda, rebelled. Uh, Edom sort of gained their independence. Um, sometime later, we find that Israel reestablishes their control. And we read, and it, there must have been quite a, an amount of tension here, because we read about a king called Amatsya. Um, an Amatziah who gathers all the people in Yehudah. And it says, He goes to the Valley of Salt, maybe near the Dead Sea. And he smote 10,000 of B'nei Seir, of the Edomites. And then he takes them up to the cellar. The Sela is one of their strongholds. And cellar the in other words, ten thousand are killed, but ten thousand prisoners of war are simply thrown off a cliff by an Israelite king, by a Judean king, Amatziah. And later in the next generation, right, uh, when the Assyrians start arriving, and we have that war between Rezin and Pekah, it says on those days Rezin, the king of Aram, restored Elat to Aram. And now there were no Judeans in Elot. In other words, there is a, in the region, there are sometimes when Israel is in control, sometimes when Edom tries to regain their independence, usually Edom or a small kingdom controlled by Judah or Israel. But it seems like the relationship is a very much a seesaw one, a back and forth, and frequently it erupts with ferocity. And that is why we find, not only here in chapter 34, but later on in chapter 63 of Yeshayahu, and again in Yirmiyahu chapter 47, and again a whole book in Ovadia, and again in Sefer Malachi, and we'll see it in Echa, and so many other places as we go through Tanakh, a huge battle between Israel and Edom, between the Jewish people and Edom, which seems to go beyond any ordinary proportion. What is there? Great sin. Why are they singled out here? Some have suggested that they almost created a, a a rule of terror on the southern border. Once they were freed of the control of Judea, they engaged in retru- reprisals, border attacks, constant terrorism on the southern flank of the country. Uh, that's a hypothesis, and it's quite possible. We know that after the Chorban Habayit, Edom moved into the southern Hebron hills, even north of Hebron to the area of, of, of Zor, uh, what is today Kar-Meitzur, um and the Edomites took over a whole area of southern Israel. Whichever way, there is a very, very, very intense rivalry, just like there was between Yaakov and Esav, between the kingdoms of Yehuda and the kingdom of Edom. And as many of you who are listening will know, later edom became the name given to rome so suddenly the struggle for the destruction of the first of the second temple between israel and rome got wrapped into all of these nevuots about uh Yehuda and edom and then later after rome took on christianity edom becomes a code name for christianity and therefore you will find in Loads of medieval Piyotim and other and Kinot. All the rivalry between Israel and Christianity, between Judaism and Christianity, is wrapped into the rivalry between Yaakov and Esav and Yehuda and Edom and Israel and Rome and then Judaism and Christianity. So this is quite the historic um, tension, the historic violence, the historic rivalry between these two forces between these two brothers and therefore maybe that gives a bit of context in some way to this chapter out of all of the nations it seems like there is this particular the person who should be our brother the nation who should be acting in a brotherly way acts in such a violent way this is the prophecy against Edom